Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron M. Terrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Cameron Yinaline Maharat Terrell, a.k.a. Trandoni Kenshin. BKA Tranos. This is the show, uh, Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that you've been trying to squeeze into this cannabis space for a while. So I guess I think my niche is story times. Um, I've been having a rough time lately, and it's made me think a lot about like some of my like fondest memories, like my last memories with my mom. And um, before we get into that, uh, as always, Trenos and the Lived Experience is brought to you by the meeting of marijuana and um, music. Today's music selection is Needles and Pens by the Deftones. Yeah, I see you judging me. I can feel it through the microphone in the screen. I can feel you judging me. I told you right off the jump I was a deaf fan, a Deftones fan. Like, you already knew that. Like, a majority of the catalog of music that you go back and listen to that I've suggested is from the Deftones. I'm low-key trying to get you into Chino Moreno. Just go with it. This is why we're here. <laughs> and today's strain is brought to you by Leafly, as usual, because, I mean, I have to look these things up, and I trust Leafly. It's Mother's Finest. Uh, Mother's Finest is brought to, into existence by Cincy Seeds. It's a 70% sativa-dominant strain with heavy haze genetics, named after Frank Zappa. Shout out to Frank Zappa, even though there might be some problematic shit in his past. And the band Mother of Invention. Mother's Finest is a masterfully crafted hybrid that captures both the desirable sativa buzz and the resin-heavy traits from a Northern Lights ancestor. This Jack Herrer cousin typically forms spears-shaped buds that carry more weight and density than the archetypal sativa. And normally sativa is not my shit, but like I said, I've been down lately, so I've been trying to uplift myself. So I just, like, I asked the dude to hit me upside the head with some new shit. I was like, plug. And plug was like, Yes, Custy. And I was like, um, can I get something to get me out of this depressive-ass funk? Uh, and he passed me, he mother shrinks. So we're going to be smoking some of that during the show today. Now, what I was saying before I got into that was I've been thinking a lot about, like, some of the last memories of my mom lately. Because, like, as you get older and, like, you, you get further from the actual death date, like, it's a fight to, like, hold on to things. I think I said it in the last couple episodes, like... My mom's voice used to ring so true to me. Like, I used to be able to spot her, hear her, and know where she was in crowded rooms. And as I got older, I'm I'm starting to figure, starting to feel like I can hear her voice less and less. I can recognize it. Like, I can't really remember it. It's somehow tainted by my mind during the memory. Like, it sounds different. And so I've been meditating on my mom a lot lately. And a thing that used to... uh really make me feel really great is my mom's laugh. My mom's laugh was full bodied. It sound like <laughs> it sound like a goblin, like a really high pitched goblin. It was hilarious and I miss it and I miss the smile that she used to have. And she used to do this thing where she used to like laugh out loud and then she would <laughs> she would do a lot of that. I don't know if it picked up on the mic, but if it did, you know what I'm talking about. Um 
when I think back to like the last time I actually like heard my mom laugh like that. And it was not too long before she passed away. It was a couple of months before she passed away. Um, back then, I was living in Rochester, New York. And if you don't know what that is, it's, it's New York State's Angel Grove. It's all monsters and no Power Rangers. My mother had had um, an amputation like a year before that. So like getting her out of the house was really hard. And when you did, like, it, she felt like she was making making things a burden for you. Like, you had to move her chair, and you had to help her upstairs. In my apartment, I lived upstairs, so I had helped my mom upstairs with her wheelchair and stuff like that. And she always was like, oh, this is too much. Like, let me do it. And I'm like, no, I can do it for you. Like, just let me help you upstairs. So my mom came to stay with me and my ex. Um, and... We like it was such a fun day. Like when she first, we first went and picked her up. Like she, I had to reassure her, like, you know, you're not a burden. You're my mom, and like I feel like doing this for you. I'm not obligated to. I feel like being here or coming to pick you up. Like if I didn't feel like doing it, I wouldn't. She knows me. Like I'm, our our relationship was tumultuous. A lot of people would think that I would be resentful of my mom, and I'm not. No matter how hard I try to be, like I, I've never been able to hold resentment towards her. I was mad for a lot of reasons and a lot of things that happened in my past that we'll talk about in another episode. But this episode, uh, what stood out to me is like we went and picked up my mom. It was like I want to say around eleven thirty because I'm a, like I'm an early riser type of like if we got plans, let's go do it. That's how I used to be before the agoraphobia and everything set in. Um, and I had like a day off and like a day away from wrestling. And it was like like the cusp of the weekend. And me and my ex, we went and like picked up some groceries. And like we, we picked up like some sheets and blankets for my mom, which was really cool. Because it just made me feel like I was helping. Like I was just trying to make her feel cared for. Because like she just lost her leg. And like she had gotten to it with like one of her brothers at the time. Shout out to him for being a whole scumbag. Uh, charging his disabled sister, his older sister, rent to live in his derelict-ass apartment. Shout out to you. Um, so, I, like, we were going to surprise my mom. We're going to go get her some stuff, bring her to our house. And while that was happening, like, what I was doing was I was trying to help her, like, find a new apartment that was, like, safer and nicer, like, something close to me. Um, so, we go to pick her up. We go to Walmart. Like, we're telling her, oh, we're just picking up a couple of groceries. And I kept asking her, like, would you like this? Do you like this? What do you think of this blanket? Like, for our, well, I kept telling her for me in my ex's bedroom. And she was like, oh, I like that one. And I like the color. I was like, well, if it was your bedroom, which one would you pick? And she, like, did the whole thing where she picked out this really, like, this really, like, cool, like, satiny, like, red blanket. It was so bougie. It was so my mom. So I got it. And then, and she, like, she had to know. Like, I don't, my bedroom, the colors of my bedroom were two colors, black or green. Those are the only colors I really like. I, I wear black. All my clothes are black. Almost all of them. Like I have literally, I can count the number of things that are a different shade on one hand. Um, and that includes like shoes, underwear, hats. Like I can count on one hand the, the items of clothing that are not black in my house. Um, so she should have known. Um, we went and got snacks. My mom's the fiddle faddle girl. Shout out to y'all who know who fiddle faddle is. If you know what fiddle faddle is, you're an old head. Uh, I'm not even going to explain it to you. Go look it up. <laughs> My mom liked Fiddle Faddle and Batchman Molasses Cookies, uh, which I was like, not too much. Not too much of the cookies and sweets and shit. Like, it's, we're going to get a couple things. <laughs> um, My mom did have diabetes. That's how she lost her leg. Um, 
So we go and grab a couple things. We talk about movies and stuff like that. We, my mom had this big smile on her face because it was just like it had been a while since she had saw me. Because like, yeah, we had some problems. We had problems. Um, it had been a while since she saw me, and I just I was real excited to go get her. I felt like I was like twelve years old again, eleven years old again. And we drove. We got like so we we got some snacks on the way home. Uh, I spoiled my mom. Like I know she wasn't supposed to have like like sweets and sometimes I think back I'm like oh I gave this to her and like it was my mom's diabetes was really bad like it was really bad like my mom like ended up like starting to show signs of diabetes when she first got pregnant and as she had more children it just got worse it just like her body she gave her her body for us to live and it depleted her to such a state and not to say that her diet didn't play into it but like there was other times where my mom like went like months Sometimes on the minimal amount of food to take care of her children. It's health is a strange thing and like sacrifice is a strange thing. And that's why, like, when I think about stuff like that, when I think back on my mother and my relationship, like, yeah, like the bad things were bad, but I understand why they were bad. You know what I mean? Like, and that's more, that's more than like some kids would do. Like, we draw into ourselves and we only worry about what happens to us, specifically individually, which is a wild phenomenon when you're in a family full of kids. When you're not the only child and you think that the abuse only impacts you, it's the weirdest flex I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, not to speak on my brothers and sisters' behalf, but I'm sure all of us were harmed by our parents when we were young, I'm, and I'm not saying like violence, I'm just saying in some way, some of us picked up some trauma along the way. We were all born in the 80s and early 90s. It's just what it was. And that's not me chalking it up to the times. It's just me being real about like the breadth of what we now understand as trauma uh, origin events. All We all had one. We are all affected by some different trauma. It affects us in all different ways. We're all from the same person. We all have a, a line of the same blood in us. And just to omit others is just never been my thing. I just try to like, instead of blaming my mom for a lot of the stuff that she put me through, I understand that it was some of the stuff she put me through was things that she couldn't help but put me through because she experienced it herself. I think me and my mom, we sat down and we had like this long talk because my mom's real sentimental. She I'm a, And she, she talks about serious shit sometimes. So, message that's where i get it from um so we had this really long talk about the past and there were times where it was tumultuous where i didn't feel like my mom got the the breath of what i was saying to her and i felt like she was running away from the conversation but when we got to the end of that conversation there was an understanding between us no everything wasn't resolved no we didn't wave some magic wand that day and make everything like okay but what we did do was we like had like an adult conversation about things that she went through and the way she perceived my childhood. And we talked about things that I had been unable to speak to her about. It was literally one of the first times I ever kind of mentioned to her about my gender identity. Like the first time we like had a long conversation about it and we had to do it secretly because at the time the ex that I was with was not a safe space for my identity. Uh, and I don't even want to get into that because the backfire from that would be some bullshit. Um, 
so fast forward past the sentimental conversation between uh, a mother and her unknown daughter at this period in time. <laughs> I was cooking dinner and I got a ritual. Well, at least I used to have one. I got a ritual. I smoke when I cook because shit tastes better and you get more creative. <laughs> so me forgetting that like my mom's in the house, I just kind of like walk into my bedroom, grab my bong, walk out past her, totally negating the fact that her jaw dropped when I came out of the room. Cause I'm just carrying like this fucking three footer bong like from my bedroom to the kitchen. I have to walk through the living room where she sees me. I walk into the kitchen. I just dump it out. I'm like whistling to myself. I got a pan on in the back. I'm getting ready to start throwing down in the kitchen. I, I grab my wrestling bag off the floor, grab my weed and my grinder out of it, sit it on the, like the kitchen counter. Now, like all of this is visible from where my mom is sitting. Like everything's visible. And I just got my back to her, not realizing what I was doing. And I just ground up weed. I'm standing at the thing, totally forgetting she was there. Um, I'm just standing at my a kitchen sink, looking out the window, just grinding up some weed. I, I pack a bowl of some fucking crazy shit. And, and back then, shout out to Blue Dream. And I'm not talking about that fucking gangster, what is it, Harlem gangster shit or that 1980s Blue Dream. I'm talking about Blue Dream, but not, not, not Krill's. Uh, I packed some Blue Dream. Now, as I'm packing some Blue Dream and I'm really getting ready to put this pipe to my mouth. I turn around all of a sudden because I was like, I'm going to lean up against the fucking sink and, and look at the stove and make sure everything's cool and take this hit real quick. So now I turn and I'm like, eye level. Well, I'm, I'm staring right into my mother's eyes. Like, just staring right into my mother's eyes. My, my, my ex is sitting right next to my mom, jaw dropped. Like, just like, like looking at me like, what the fuck are you on? <laughs> like, and then I had to, I, I need y'all to recognize I was in my 30s. I was, I'm so far removed from being afraid that my parents are going to find out that I smoke weed. It just didn't register to me. It just didn't. So I like turned around because my mom knows I smoke weed, but she's never seen me do it. And like, I'm halfway through the pull. I turn, I'm pulling the fucking thing. I, I, I exhale, the smoke cloud dissipates. And I'm just like looking at my mom like, oh shit. Like I just, oh my bad. And my mom starts laughing hysterically, like reminding me that I'm in my thirties and that also that we're in my house. And I was like, ah, oh yeah. Like, I'm I'm sorry, but I don't want to disrespect you. You know, the whole spiel. Like, I didn't mean to disrespect you. It was just a routine. I smoke bongs when I cook. Like I ripped bongs. The food tastes better afterwards. And she was like, does it really? And she kind of kept giving me this look and I was like, I'll put it away. I'm sorry. So I go to put it back in my room to which she reminds me once again, that I'm in my thirties this is my house. So she's like giggling and laughing. And she's like, where did she started asking me a bunch of questions? Like, where did I get the bong? And uh, I wish I could hear her voice again. Cause this is the way she asked. It was so hilarious. Um, she asked me, where did I get my bong? And is it made of glass? And like how much something like that would cost? And like, if she could touch it. And I was like, what's, where's this going? Where's this going? And then she started asking me about the marijuana. And she was like, well, pack another one so I can see how you do it. So I pack another one, like never, never for once being like, oh, my mom's going to hit this thing. So I'm like, like explaining it to her. So I put the weed in here. I put it in the bullhead. I put the female piece in the male piece. When I fill it up the chamber, then I pull the slider. When I pull the slider, the smoke escapes as fast as possible while the water bubbles. So I'm explaining that to my mom. My mom's holding this thing in her hand now. She's being slick. <laughs> I start hearing flick, 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 flick. I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? And my, like my ex's eyes were like the biggest 
baby doll blue eyes. They were so open <laughs> from just shock because like we we never smoked with my mom. Like my mom was like one of those like at the the the, the end of her life, she was like one of those church ladies. Like she was like a church lady. And like my mom would have fun, don't get me wrong, but like it was a hard turn from like when my mom was younger and she was a drug addict to her being like, oh, I can't smoke cigarettes around you sometimes. Uh, and sometimes like if I drink too much coffee, you're going to remind me that I'm using a substance, that kind of shit. So we're hearing the flick, 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 flick. And all, all of a sudden this thing's bubbling. I'm shocked. My ex is shocked. My cousin comes out of his bedroom, sees my mom smoking a bong. He's shocked. Then the fucking P.S. de la Resistance, she pulls the slider and, like, takes a monster hit. No choking. And then I have flashbacks. There's this, like, picture in my family. It's, it's world-renowned. There's a picture of my mom dressed like she's one of the Fugees. <laughs> just like one of the Fujis in like a mash army jacket and a beanie. She kind of looks like me and a beanie and some, some jeans and some like Converse sneakers rolling, like rolling a God finger joint. And I think back to like, Oh man, it's gotta have been at least 20 years since my mother smoked weed. It has to be. And back then they definitely wasn't smoke. They wasn't ripping glass bongs. They wasn't ripping three footers. My mom ripped that three footer. And looked me dead in my eyes. And said, child, I'm not new to this. And then exhaled. And it was the most gangster shit I've ever seen my mom do. And I've seen my mom whoop people's asses. This was more gangster than that. This was more gangster than that. Like, it was just so smooth. Like, I expected her to full-on cough, throw up, all kinds of shit. I didn't expect her to hit the bong, but once it was happening, I was like, oh, she's definitely going to throw up. That's too much. I think at one point I said, hey, that's too much. And she was still going and then pulled the slider and cleared it. So I, she passes it to my ex. My ex hits it. She starts coughing immediately, like dying. And my ex wasn't no rookie. She'd been my, she had been with me for seven years. You can't be my partner and not be a wee hit. It's just not a thing. Like the most you're going to get out of a relationship with me is not going to be a lot of sex. Cause I'm literally like an asexual person. It's not going to be a lot of that. What you are going to get is a lot of weed smoke and a lot of laughs. Affection. Yeah. I'm affectionate. I hug, I kiss, but I don't like, I'm not like a, as much as people believe I'm not that sexual. I know I make jokes about it all the time, but like, that's just the, like, it's another hide. It's another guys that I use to hide parts of myself. Like literally anyone who knows me, it's like a clinical thing. Like I literally figured out that I'm a erisexual, E-R-E-A-S-S-E-X-U-A-L. And I'm sexual because I'm aerosexual. I'm, I'm because of I'm neurodivergent and I've experienced trauma. The way I approach sexual encounters feels broken to me, so I just don't. I just, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't feel that attraction. Do I feel like attracted to people sometimes? Yeah, but like sexually attracted, I don't know. I've been asking myself that for years. Like it's been 10 years. Like you guys have already heard the story. But back to my mom clearing this motherfucking bomb. So my mom clears this bomb and we're chilling and parlaying. Now I got the food in the oven. 
So we got some time. We're like parlaying, watching TV. My mom's giggling and laughing. So now like a half hours passed. My mom is the highest I've ever seen a person. Like just, just stuck smile on her face, looking like a Cheshire cat. Her eyes are just bloodshot, just red as shit. And she's comfortable. She's like sitting on my couch. She's got her little leg blanket. Like we had these ornate, like real cushy couches. She just looked like she was having a great time. And I was like, this is so nice to like actually be able to provide my mom like this safe space with all the stuff that's been going on with her. And like, she was talking about how, oh, my hands don't hurt so much anymore. And like, I was telling her about like the properties about marijuana that can help some of her pain management. Cause my mom had like, um, I think it was, oh, what's it called? Oh, it's like this nerve injury thing that happens to people with diabetes, where it's like, it feels like your feet and legs and hands are either itching on or on fire. And my mom had it really bad. Sometimes it was really bad. But when she smoked that marijuana with us, when she hit the weed with us, she said she didn't feel it. So I was kind of telling her about that. And she was just listening to me. And it was like the first time we connected about something I was really into. Like, I'm really into, like, I'm not just like some hype, hyphy, like pot smoker, which another thing we also talked about, like my, my want to be like in the weed industry. And this was a decade ago. I've been trying ever since. I've been trying to find my way in ever since. But once again, I'm black and I'm trans. And uh, if you don't believe me, do yourself a favor. Go to that search engine in your pocket and type in transgender cannabis influencer. And then wait. All right. Like now, now you know what I'm talking about. Are you doing it? Go do it right now. Go do it right now. Type in transgender cannabis influencer. 2023 and then stand back and wait for nothing you there did you get there all right all right, all right, all right. so stop calling me a liar on my show um i've been trying forever like i've been doing this uh whole marijuana thing i've been talking about it with, i talked about it with my mom and like, i was so happy like that we were just having that time together and like like we wasn't a big deal it was like we were having a drink together except for like neither one of us should be drinking <laughs> like that was the thing like it was cool like neither one of us should have been drinking so like we was the, the the thing and we smoked a couple more and i promise you i promise you my mom did not cough once she stayed like at least a week with us like because i just felt like nice having her there i didn't want to send her back to like my uncle's house at the time because he's a fucking dickhead and like my mom was unhappy there and she cried and that's why i came picked her up like that's all it took it's weird watching your parents cry, even when you feel like they deserve it. It's weird watching them cry. And like my mom, all she had to do to make me do anything for her was cry. And that that week was the, like one of the best weeks I've ever had with my mom. And I, I, I'd give anything to like be able to like go back to that time and introduce myself to her. Because she knew, but she never met me. It's so weird to be born to a woman who's never met you. That's the weed talking. Now the weed done kicked in. Now I'm hot. So I'm going um, <laughs> to hit this bong one more time. I'm going to hit a little bit of mother shyness. Um, in, in memory of my mom, shout out to Patricia Keeter. Ooh. Ooh.
We. Yeah. I wish I could go back in time if there was some kind of way. <laughs> Maybe if there's like holodeck someday, I'll be able to just recreate it. But it'll never be the same as like my real mom. Like I said, as time goes on, like I'm forgetting what she sounds like. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate between like a 21-year-old Patricia and 53-year-old Patricia. Like I mix up their facial features and like the the scars or and like the sadness. Like sometimes like there's this sadness every time I think about my mom's eyes, I just see sadness. And that's not what her eyes were always. It's not how they always were. And the memory that like makes me realize that it's this one, like, that's like, what a gift. Like if I knew that that was going to be like the last time me and my mother had that kind of interaction, if I knew I would have cherished it a little bit more. Yeah, all the cliche shit that you could put in this position, like, hey, hold on to the precious moments and all that other stuff. It, it sounds cliche and it sounds trivial, but like, I promise you, like, when you lose a parent, you'll realize, like, how, like, nothing's trivial. I miss the way my mom made her coffee, even though it was, like, one of the main causes of her diabetes. Like, my mother used to, she liked coffee with her sugar. Um, cause it's just a mechanism of poor people. Like we run off of sugar. We can't eat. We'll run off of sugar. Um, my mom at points when I was a little kid, when I was really young, like my dad was constantly getting fired from jobs. Once he got home, my mom was sometimes working three jobs to take care of three kids or well, four kids. If you count my father, um, it was just a fun time. Explain them to my mom like the strength, like the difference between strains and how the and we talked about the jump in what marijuana was and this was ten years ago so the leaps that it's made in that ten years like weed is so different now like there's so many if I showed my mom like a like like a like <laughs> like a pre roll with resin around it or like a the resin worm in it she'd be like what like like hash like explaining how easy it was to acquire hash to my mom like she was just like yeah if you wanted hash you had to go through some villain shit to get it back in her day like here you just walk into a dispensary and ask like where's the hash do you have hash <laughs> like then you had to know some shady dude who knew another shady dude and you had to put yourself in a shady situation to get hash um moon rocks like, I, I wish I could take my mom to like a medical dispensary and show her a moon rock. My mom wasn't no super pothead. Like it didn't happen a bunch of times afterwards. This is the first time that this happened. My mom and me smoked a couple times. It wasn't like a thousand. It was probably, I would say like on one hand, it was like, like four times. Me and my mother smoked four times in my entire life. And it was all pretty much and four times counting as events where she would leave, go home and come back. So like we smoked a bunch of times that weekend. We smoked like five or six times, like where she would sit out sometimes. And I wasn't like, I had to like keep my head on straight. Cause I'm like, you can't get dumb in front of your mom. You know what I'm saying? You get high, but like you can't, you can't be higher than her. Cause then who's going to be the weed parent. <laughs> so it was real. it was just, it's one of the most fun times. And it's just how marijuana brings families together. There's the hook. Somebody give me some cannabis PR in this bitch. 
<laughs> um, yeah. We just bring like it brought me and my mom together. Like we, I, I had to listen to so many of her stories and like her inhibitions were down, so it was just easier for her to talk to me. She was more open about the things that I was saying, like because like when I first like kind of hinted to my mother that I was like queer and trans, like there was some pushback. But this conversation, there was there was like literally like time for it to breathe, time for my mom to absorb it, while she was like also like <laughs> expanding her mind with marijuana. And I'm thankful. Like it's one of the reasons why I still smoke the way I do. It's why I don't do a lot of, uh, I don't use a lot of devices that didn't exist when she wasn't around. Bongs is what ties me to her. Like we like I like water pipes, so she liked water pipes, and like she learned pretty quick. <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, this was a great episode to just think back on like a very happy time that I had with, with someone who's not here anymore. And it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt any less, but like, that's a great memory that I have with my mom. And I know I rambled a little bit because like, I'm trying to change it up guys. I really am. Like, you just don't know what the fuck I've been going through. And I'll be able to fill you in about that in future episodes. Once we get, go through some paperwork shit. Um, but with that being said, this has been Tranos in the lived experience. I'm your host, Tranoni Genshin. <laughs> Say it with your whole chest, or I'll whoop your legs and put an X on your face. <laughs> this has been Tranos in the lived experience. Shout out to Patricia Keeter, the, the, my mother, uh, the goddess of intestinal fortitude, uh, the goddess of in, earthly enchantment. And dearly missed. Peace.